What is going on, everybody? Good evening. So glad you are here hanging out with us tonight. Just so you guys know, I am standing on a platform. I'm not normally nine feet tall, only about six, seven. They, some of our lights aren't working, and with us going live, it was important that they be able to see me with lighting. So they asked me to stand up here. So it's just as awkward for me as it is for you. Uh, but we just want to say that we're so glad you guys are here hanging out with us. We are back into our normal rhythm. And can I just say how good it feels to be back with you guys? It was a long summer. It was a fun summer. We got a lot accomplished. We had a great time. We did a lot of fun things. Uh, we went to camp at the beginning of the summer. Uh, then we served at VBS. Some of you caught COVID. Uh, some of you uh, went on missions trips, and we've just had a crazy, crazy time. Uh, but we are getting back into the groove where, like, school is back in session. And uh, I'm just so glad that you guys chose to take time out of your day tonight uh, to come and hang out with us here um, as we unpack God's Word together a little bit and we challenge you uh, to move forward in your faith. Well, tonight we're starting a series um, as we launch the school year. I always try to kind of point people towards a little bit of our vision and what we try to accomplish as a ministry and why we do what we do. Well, this series we titled DNA, Who We Are and What We Do, because I think it's so important when you're involved in something or when you yourself are, are doing something, it's important that you have an understanding of the why and you have an understanding of the what and, and, the, and the who. And all those things are just so important that you understand um, moving forward as you attend Cross Life students, as you're challenged to serve, as you're challenged to do things, maybe that's outside of your comfort zone a little bit. Um, and so tonight we're going to do this, we're going to start this series, we're going to unpack it, but I want to talk about DNA for a little bit. Um, how many of you guys have studied DNA in school? All right, who can tell me what it stands for without Googling? Right there, Tyler, I feel like you would know this. Well done. See, Nick asked me that today, and I was like, ah, something, and I, like, I just spit out something. But can I, can I confess something to you guys? That DNA, when I was a kid growing up, it wasn't something that was talked about a bunch. It wasn't until I was like in middle school that DNA became like this thing that everybody started talking about. Um, and it was for two reasons. The first one, really the second one, was the second one in the timeline was um, the O.J. Simpson murder trial. I don't know if any of you guys like have ever heard about that. None of you were alive when that was going on. I was in middle school when the O.J. Simpson trial was going on. And I remember sitting in like my science class and my, my teacher uh, in like eighth grade science was like, hey, we're going to reenact this, this courtroom scene because so much of it has to do with science and forensics and all that. And like that's where I first like got exposed to like the science behind DNA. But the first time I like in my life remember hearing about DNA and I hear, remember hearing like that phrase and that terminology, I remember hearing it and going, that's not real. I remember hearing it and going, like, that, there's no way, like, that's, that's made up, that's something. And here's why, because the first time I remember in my life hearing that phrase DNA, I was sitting in a movie theater. I was about 10 years old, and I was sitting in a movie theater watching a movie with my family, and, um, and I remember sitting in the movie theater being scared out of my mind by this movie 
because it was intense. It was like unlike anything I've ever seen before, and I was watching Jurassic Park. Anybody ever see Jurassic Park? Like, it's a great movie. Um, as a 10-year-old who, like, doesn't really, I, as a kid, like, to this day, I still don't do, like, scary, intense movies. I'd, I'd rather laugh than cry um, while watching a movie. Uh, and, and I remember sitting there as a 10-year-old, like, on, like, pins and needles as, like, the velociraptor is stalking the kids in the kitchen. And, like, you look back on it now, and you're like, this is super cheesy, and, like, the, the animation's really not all that good. But back then, man, it was intense. And I remember the first time I heard DNA was in that movie because they talk about how they extract the DNA from the mosquitoes that were like caught in the tree sap. And I was like, man, that's some really high-tech stuff. There's no way that's real life. And there's no way that that's possible. So I like went on like from that movie thinking, oh, that's cool. Like this movie made up this science thing called DNA. And then like I went to school the next year and guess what was in my science book? DNA. And I went, uh-oh. <laughs> like, like I had to learn this thing. And here's the thing. I still don't fully understand DNA. I am no, in no way like a science whiz. I'm not a, a, a science guy. Um, when I went to college, I had to take a science class, and I took, like, the easiest science class I possibly could just to, like, mark off the credit and then move on into, like, my, my biblical studies classes. Um, and, and so DNA, I have this very limited understanding. You know what I, I really know about DNA is it, it is, like, what makes up every living organism that we have. It's, like, the code for every living organism that's around in this world. So every living organism has a certain amount of DNA, certain strands of DNA, certain things that make up different things. So every single one of us is filled with DNA. And so with this series, as we're talking about this idea of DNA, it's what makes us different. It's what, what is it about cross-life students that makes us stand out? What is it about cross-life students that is different than what you're going to see in other groups or in other people? Just like you and I, Logan, are different. We have different DNA strands, like one that's made me really tall and you not so much. Um, and one that, like, we, we, you have a certain type of hair and color of hair, that's all because of your DNA. Just like mine, like my hair is different because of my DNA strands. Just like every individual has different DNA strands and different makeups to make them individuals and make them different, make them unique, the same thing happens. Every group of people is made up differently. Every ministry has different things, different strands put together that make them who they are. And this, in this two weeks, we're not going like, to get to all of it. We're not going to give you like, a full detailed description of who we are as a ministry. But we're going to give you a glimpse into it. And we're going to challenge you to be a part of that. We're going to challenge you to take that next step. Take that step of, of, all right, I know who we are. I know what we're trying to be. How can I play a part? It's that simple. It's our DNA, who we are and what we do. And I want to I start tonight with just a simple statement. I want to answer that question of who we are. Who we are. When I hear that, and I, I was talking to Nick in the office the other day, and we were kind of like spitballing ideas out. Like when you hear that phrase or that question asked about Cross Life students, who we are, uh, or who are we? Like, how do you respond? And one of the ones, one of the first ones that Nick said, I was like, man, that's it right there. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're going to unpack. Um, because he's that smart of a guy. Uh, is this, he said, he said, we're a place to gather. We're a place to gather. See, like right now we're gathering together 
for church. Like we're gathering together for youth group. On Sunday mornings, we gather together for small groups. And then we gather together for worship in the auditorium. And we gather together for, for different events and different gatherings. But here's the thing. You can gather a lot of places. There's a lot of places that gather. You can gather at school. You can gather at a house. You can gather at a restaurant. You can go in the parking lot and like hang out in a bunch of like pickup trucks and be gathering there. Like there, there's nothing really special about gathering. But the difference is this, guys. We're not just a place that gathers. We're a place that gathers with a purpose. When we open the doors to come into this place and we, we have a set time where we gather together, it's not just an accident. It's not like, yeah, let's just throw it out there and see what happens. No, we're gathering for a very specific purpose. And that's where it's different. We gather, we're a place to gather. We gather for a purpose and it's different. And if you were in church this past Sunday, Pastor Mercer touched on this a little bit. If you were in church on Sunday for either the 9.30 or the 11 o'clock worship service, you heard Pastor Mercer talk about Acts chapter 2. And I want to read those couple of verses that he went over on Sunday morning because as he was sitting, as he was going over this, I was like, man, this is exactly what we should be. This is exactly who, who we should be modeling. This is the early church, guys. This is like the, the group of believers that were like launching this movement of Christianity right after Jesus' ascension into heaven. Like, this is like the first wave of growth. This is the first, like, movement of the Christian church. And in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse number 42, it says this. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing to the, the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking, the bre and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This is just a snapshot of the early church. What do we see in these couple of verses? Well, it's pretty simple. If you look at it, there's not like this big thing, like I got to break down each verb and each like Greek word in this phrase because it's pretty straightforward. All right? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. They gathered together. They came together to learn. They came together to grow. They came together to, to build each other up. They came together to eat, and all God's people said, amen. I love to eat. I love to gather with people. Some of my favorite times are to sit across the table with friends while we're eating and talking and having fun. Today, our student ministry staff, like we took over Huey Magoo's for a little bit, and we just had a blast hanging out, talking and laughing, and, and like we enjoy fellowshipping together over food. Um, and then it says that um, not only did they break bread and they had prayers together, they devoted themselves to prayer. They devoted themselves to praying for one another and to encouraging one another, lifting one another up. They also pooled all their resources and, and, they, and they gathered all their stuff and they said, all right, who has a need? Like, how can we as a church help each other? How can we as a group of believers gather together and support one another? 
And the, the passage goes on, and it says that they, they started to impact those around them. Like, people started taking notice of this group, and they, people started taking notice of this fellowship, and word began to spread, and people started to like be like, wow, these people are doing some amazing things. Like, there's something different about them. And they would attend temple together, breaking bread in their homes, and receive food with great, uh, great generous hearts, uh, and then they would praise God together. They gather to praise each to praise the, the one who created them, the one who saved them. And then one of the best parts about this community, the best part about this gathering was that the Lord continued to add to their number. You see, guys, when we open these doors and we gather on Wednesday nights or we gather on Sunday mornings or we gather for anything church-related or ministry-related, It's for a purpose. And tonight, we want to take a look at the why we gather. The what do we do, right? We know that we're a place to gather and a place that gathers on purpose. But what do we do when we do gather? I'm going to give you four simple things tonight, guys. If you're taking notes, I encourage you to write it down on that little half sheet that I have gave you there on your seat, just so you can follow along. They're that size on purpose. If you have a Bible with you, you can like slide it in your Bible and remember it, take it with you. You can fold it up in your pocket, take it with you when you're done. Uh, we just encourage you to do that, take those with you so that you can reflect on what you hear. Because sometimes, I don't know about you guys, sometimes I come to church and if I don't take notes, like I walk out the door and then like, like people would be like, hey, what, what was the church about tonight? And I'd be like, um... <laughs> the Bible? (laughs) Uh, So like just a way to to reinforce what you're hearing. Um, And I just want you guys to know that that we, the purpose that we're here, the reason that we're here, the reason that we come together is that we want to see God glorified and we want to see God made great, uh, see God made known in our community. And we do that as a church together. And we gather on purpose. And the first thing we do when we gather on purpose is this, we gather to grow. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're like, oh, wait, here it is. Here's the thing. Invite your friends to church. Like, oh, we're going to grow. No, I'm not even talking about numerical growth. Okay? That's just a byproduct of God moving. I'm talking, we gather to grow in our spiritual walk. We gather to grow in, in, in our own personal relationships with Christ. When you come here on a Sunday morning and we gather in our small groups in these little classrooms around the way and the little portable classrooms here for the lowly freshmen, all right, when we gather together, it's not just to sit there and like look at each other and pick our noses. Like, no, we gather because we're going to open God's word together. We're going to walk through God's word together. We're going we're gonna to study his word. We're going to continue to learn about, about what God has for us. Again, remember in Acts 2, verse 42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. The, the apostles' teaching. You know what the apostles were teaching at that point? Exactly what Jesus taught them. Like, they didn't have it all written down yet. They were simply repeating what Jesus had taught them. It was fresh in their hearts, fresh in their minds. Jesus taught them these things, and they continued to teach it to others. And they grew. They grew in faith. They grew in understanding. They grew in wisdom. They grew in knowledge. And they continued to grow. What about you? If you were to take a snapshot of your life right now, right this moment, all right, August 25th, 2021, 
and compare it to a snapshot of August 25th, 2020, where are you at spiritually? Have you grown? Have you stayed stagnant? Have you fallen away? We gather to grow. We gather to grow spiritually to see each other um, get a greater understanding of God's word. Guys, listen, I'm telling you from experience, one of the greatest spiritual disciplines you can get into is studying your Bible. And I, I say that word studying your Bible, not just reading your Bible, because it's real easy, like when you're like sitting down, eating breakfast, and you pull out your phone, and you open up the Bible app, and you read like four verses, because then you feel good about yourself, because your streak in the Bible app is continued, because you took time to open it up. Like that's one thing. It's another thing to sit down and digest God's word. Spend intentional time reading it. Letting it speak to you. Study it. Unpack it. Let it sink into your heart. Study God's word. Get into God's word. But then also, here's the thing, guys. Listen, it's, again, one thing to read it and to study it. It's another thing to put it into practice. I am a self-proclaimed terrible golfer. All right? I'm not very good. I'll be the first to tell you. But I love to golf. Like, I love to go out and play. I like to go out and, like, just have fun. I don't put too much stress on myself, on my score. But I love to go out and play. I enjoy it. I'm just not very good. But listen, I know what I should be doing. I've watched enough YouTube videos. I've watched enough things. Like, I've watched the professionals play. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's easy enough. I got that. Like, I'm, I'm in position. I, I, my arm's in the right spot. But until I put what I, know, what I know and what I've seen and what I've practiced into practice and make it part of my routine, it makes no difference on my golf score whatsoever. You can have the entire Bible memorized. You can know every verse inside and out. You could be that Awana kid that finished your book before everybody else. And you could be that kid that, that knows scripture inside and out. And you know every flannel graph story that's ever been told in Sunday school as a kid. And you know all these things. And you know all the answers. You know all the church words to say. But until you put it into practice in your life, it means nothing. The biggest jump that you can have in spiritual growth as a kid who grew up in church, like a lot of you have, is to not just know the word, but start applying the word. James chapter 1 talks about that. James chapter 1, verse 22. It's probably something that you've heard before, but how many of you are actually put this into practice? Ready? Verse 22. But be doers of the word, not, and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and, the, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. We're challenged here in God's word, not just to hear the word of God, but to be doers of the word of God. So when God's word says to love your neighbor as yourself, that means going out of your way to serve those around you. When God says that you, you should hold his commandments and live a life of virtue and set yourself apart and protect your heart and guard yourself and, 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 and share the gospel with others and you don't do it, 
that knowledge means nothing. You're like a man who looks at himself in the mirror, studies himself, recognizes himself, and walks away and forgets what he looks like. It's pretty ridiculous. Be doers of the word. Apply God's word. We gather to grow, so we, we study God's word. We apply God's word, but then also we are, we're also working towards discipleship. Discipleship. And guys, listen, we could talk for weeks on end about discipleship and what that looks like and all that. And here's what I want to simplify it for tonight's purposes for you. Ready? Teaching others to do what Jesus taught us to do. You want to be a disciple? You want to, you want to be a disciple that is following Jesus? Teach others what you know. Bring others along in your spiritual journey. Gather around. Pray for one another. Teach exactly what you know to others. Study together. Learn. Grow. Challenge each other. Keep each other accountable. In Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20, another famous verse that, you, that you've probably heard if you've been in church for any amount of time. Go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Right? Jesus here, as he's talking to his disciples, the guys that have been walking with him, right? the guys that he just spent three years discipling, saying, now go, do as I have done. Teach people what I've taught you. That's a huge part of our spiritual growth. We gather to grow so that we can help you grow in your spiritual walk, but also that we can disciple you. We have small group leaders here on Sunday mornings. We have adults in the room right now that care so much about you, that want to see you grow, that, see, that want to see you develop as a walk, in your walk with Christ. And that's why we gather. We gather so that we can connect you with people that want to disciple you, that want to help you in your walk with Christ. Part number one, we gather to grow. Part number two, ready? This is going to sound really cheesy and like unintentionally um, cheesy. Is this like we gather to go. So not only do we gather to grow, but we gather to go. And we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on this tonight, but come back next week and we're going to unpack this a little bit more. But it's very simple. Like what I just read in Matthew 28, 19, Jesus commands us to go, make disciples, commands us to go, share what we know. That's why we gather. We don't gather to create this like country club environment here where people can come and like it's super exclusive and only people that have their lives together, only people that know Jesus can come and gather. No, we come and we gather and we equip so that we can send out and you can be an impact maker on the community around you so that you can change the world of people around you through Jesus. We gather to grow, we gather to go, and here we go, number three. This one doesn't start with a G, I apologize. We gather to support. We gather to support. Again, Acts chapter 2 uh, verse number 45, it says this, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. I know that's just like a small example of what it means to support one another, but like the church helped each other. The early church, man, listen, 
They were being persecuted so hard because they were going against the norm of the Jewish culture. Like they were going, they were following this guy that they thought was a heretic, and, and the and the Jewish people were not happy about it. The Jewish leaders were upset about it. People were being killed because of their faith in Jesus, and people were being martyred because of their faith in Jesus. And they gathered together. They sold all of their possessions. They went all in, guys. Now listen, I'm not asking you to go out and sell everything you have and bring it to church unless you feel compelled to. Then and like, go for it. Like, I'm not going to stop you. But when was the last time you supported someone? When was the last time you saw someone hurting and you did something about it? I'm not talking like the homeless guy standing on the side of the road, like walking down with a sign. Like, that's great. I try to keep like granola bars or like bottles of water in my truck and like, hey man, here you go. But like, what about the last time you came into these doors on a Wednesday night and there was somebody that looks like they're just having a rough day. When was the last time you went down, hey man, everything all right? When was the last time you saw someone hurting and you did something about it? Listen, we're in this together. I know this is convenient that I'm wearing this shirt tonight, but like it, it, it's true. Like as a church, we are in this together. And like as I'm saying that, High School Musical is playing in the back of my head over and over again. Yeah, there it is. Do the dance moves. It's okay. All right, but we need to understand, guys. Listen, that there's so much truth in that. Is that we are in this together. No Christian is meant to go through life on an island. You know what I mean by that? Like no Christian is meant to like be all by themselves going through this life. We have community. We gather together so that we can support one another. We lift each other up. We, 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 we help each other with needs. If we see someone struggling, we do something about it. One of our, our middle school small group leaders is doing an amazing job at this. He gathered a group of guys, I believe they're now the eighth grade guys, and partnered with our Band of Brothers Sunday school classroom, or our small group, the guy, men's small group, and they went to a widow's house a couple weekends ago on a Saturday, and they spent all day there power washing the house, repainting, fixing a deck, like they served and met a need of someone in our community that needed help. What about you? What are you doing to support those around you? What are you doing to help those in our community? We gather so that we can have support, so that we can have connection, so that we can lift each other up. And we do that through fellowship and being together. And we do that um, through our, our time of, of prayer. It says this in James chapter 5. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. And then he prayed again, and the earth gave, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. Guys, listen, we're to gather together to support one another. And one of the best ways you can support one another is through prayer. 
in a little bit as we finish out our night after we sing a few, a few more songs before we dismiss tonight, we're going to give you an opportunity to gather together in groups. And one of the things I want you to do in those groups is to pray for one another, support one another, lift one another up, challenge one another. We gather for a purpose. We gather so that we can support one another. We do that through fellowship. We do that through prayer. And then finally, the last thing is this. We gather to worship. We gather to worship. One of my favorite things to do at church is what we did just before I got up here to to speak. It's to worship, corporate worship through music. Through praise and worship. Now listen, we can get into the argument of like worship is so much more than just a song, and I 100% agree with that. But when you gather together as a body of believers, and you sing out praises to him, sing out praises to the creator of the universe, guys, listen, something happens. When I was a kid, I grew up in church, and um, we used to go, when I was in high school, we'd go to this place um, in Pennsylvania called Creation Fest. It was at the beginning of the summer every year. It was like a a three, four-day Christian festival. Picture like Woodstock with Jesus, all right? That's kind of how it worked out. And like 24 hours of music, different bands coming through and playing. And I'll never forget, like it was like my first experience of like being like, wow, this is awesome, being together with masses of other believers from different churches and that, and like just all of, all of our hearts being focused on God and singing out and worship to him. It does something. One of my favorite things on Sunday mornings is, is hanging out with you guys first, but then I get to go to worship typically with my family at 11 o'clock, and I get to stand next to my wife, and I get to worship and, and sing worship with her and, and praise the God of the universe, the God who created me, along with my wife. We gather to worship. We gather to make, um, to praise God for who he is and for what he, what he does. And there's something about it, guys. Listen, there's something about when you, when you experience that, when you process that, that, that God intercedes. I can't tell you, like, I don't know that I could pinpoint a single time where I had I went all in on worship and I was giving God my heart and through that song and through that time of worship that I walked away discouraged. Now there's times I've left worship services discouraged, don't get me wrong. But I could pretty much guarantee my heart wasn't in that time of worship through song. Does that make sense? Like when you give your heart to that worship, when you, when you go all in for God and you say, God, you know, I give you my heart right now. I sing out these praises to you because you're worthy of it. Not because of what you've done for me, but because of who you are. I'm gonna sing out these praises to you. And if you do that, guys, I'm telling you, your heart will shift. That spirit of encouragement will fill your heart. I, I can almost guarantee it. We gather to worship, to encourage us to go, to encourage us to support one another, to encourage us to do what he, what, to grow in our relationships with Christ, to challenge us to read our Bibles more. It's who we are.
We're a place to gather, but we gather for a purpose. And those purposes are to grow, to go, to support, and to worship. Here's my challenge for us tonight before we finish up. What are you doing in your life? Or I, I guess the better thing, better way to ask that is this. Where are you right now in this? When you walk through these doors, when you come into this place, either on Sunday or on Wednesday, why are you stepping in? Are you here because your friends are here? Great, awesome, I love it. Like, let's gather together, let's fellowship together. But ultimately, we need to all be on the same page. We need to buy into this idea that we're gathering so that we can grow, so that we can go, so that we can support one another, so that we can worship. Because listen, guys, when those four things take place, when those four things are the major themes of every individual that's sitting in this room right now, guys, listen, we're going to see God move through each and every one of you. Your life will get stronger in the Lord. Your impact will get stronger in your relationships with others, and you're going to see people in your life start to ask questions. Remember in Acts chapter 2, where it talks about that people were in awe of what God was doing through these men and women. People were in awe. They, no, they took notice of what God was doing in their lives because they gathered for a purpose, and that purpose was to make God known. So what about you? What do you need to change? What do you need to do? What do you need to do differently? What do you need to shift in your life? Have you been coming to church here at Cross Life? Have you been involved with our student ministry and you've just been like kind of going through the motions? Have you been committed or have you just kind of been like, eh, I go when I want. Not really all in, not really tied in. I just kind of show up when I feel like it. Because guys, listen, that's just not the way that I see God challenging us. I don't see God telling us, hey, you know, be a part of the body of believers when it's convenient for you. Be a part of the believers uh, and be a part of the body and gather together when there's no other conflicts, then you can come. No. I see God calling us to a commitment. God calling us to, to being serious about, now listen, don't get me wrong, like, I'm not going to be dogmatic about it. Like, you can miss church. My own son is playing a football game right now. <laughs> like, hear me out. <laughs> But where's your heart? I don't want to sound like I'm bragging on my own son, but he almost quit football when he found out that almost all of his freshman games fall on a Wednesday night. I had to tell him not to. Where's your heart? Are you all in? 
Are you committed? Not to me, not to Cross Life students, not to Cross Life Church, not to your leaders, but really ultimately, are you committed to Jesus? Are you committed to that growth? Are you committed to doing what it takes to honor him? As we finish tonight, as we close, as the band makes their way up here to to lead us out, I want you guys to know that every time we open these doors, it's not just for fun and games. Now, we're going to have fun. We're going to play games. But it's more than that. We're gathering for a purpose. We're gathering so that we can help you guys grow. We're gathering together so that you can go and impact your community for Jesus. We're gathering so that you can be strengthened, so that you can have the support that you need in your life to stand firm on the word of God. And we gather together to worship to lift up the name of Jesus and give him what he is due. So in just a moment, I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna ask everybody to stand here in just a second. And we could fill up this area and, and worship together as we close out our night, as we finish, get ready to finish up. But don't leave because we'll have something after this worship time. But maybe you're in here tonight and you're like, man, I've just been going through the motions. I'm not all in. I haven't really been doing what I know I should be doing. When I walk in this place, I'm not gathering on purpose. I'm gathering just to be here. But you want that to change. I want to challenge you. Have that talk with God tonight. And when we start to sing, the altar is open. You can come kneel at the steps here. You can come kneel on the stage and just have that heart-to-heart with God and pray to him and ask him, God, and apologize him. God, I'm sorry I've been faking it. I'm sorry I've been going through the motions. Help me take that next step. Help me be all in. Help me to be purposeful in the way that I live and the way that I gather with the body of believers. Maybe you're too scared to go by yourself. Maybe you're like that person that's just like, I don't know. And you got a friend here with you, man. Say, ask your friend, hey, will you go front and pray with me? Because guess what? It's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to pray for one another. We're supposed to support one another. We're supposed to help one another. It's one of the reasons we gather here. So that you know that you're not alone. Maybe you just need to grow in your faith. Maybe you need to, to be in your word more. Maybe you need to just pray more. Man, come and lay that at the feet of Jesus. Bring a friend with you. And just fill up this altar with people surrendering to Jesus. I'm going to pray here in a second. As I do, why don't you stand to your feet. And then we'll sing and just worship God with all that we have. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for the reminder of the early church and the and the reminder that we gather for a purpose. We don't just gather to be a social club, we gather to grow, we gather to go, we gather to support one another, we gather to worship you. 
God, I pray that you would work right now in this moment. If there's one in this room that needs to have a conversation with you, God, I pray that you'd give them the boldness or a friend to help them and come forward and kneel before you and just have that conversation with you, God, and pray to you right now and ask for that boldness to do what you've called them to do. Lord, I pray that we would be a ministry that gathers together, that gathers together with the purpose of making you known. Lord, I pray that people would take notice in what's happening here in this room. Lord, that people would be growing, that they'd be committed to you, that their lives would be being changed, and people would see that and want to know more. God, we give the rest of this evening to you right now. We worship you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Guys, let's worship together. The altar's open.